0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. I want to speak on the subject of the power of punctuation, the power of punctuation. Now, before I get into this, I have a disclaimer. This is very important that you hear me, because I... In no way am I claiming to be an English teacher, an expert, a professor of any type. Uh, As a matter of fact, if you stick around long enough, I will say something grammatically wrong in just a few moments, okay? I promise you that will happen. And so I am not an expert. Uh, Last year, I was asked to write an article for a a Christian magazine. And in order to avoid embarrassment for myself, I first sent the article to our resident proofreader, Lila Austin. And I allowed her to make all the necessary edits to make me look more refined and more educated than I really am before I finally sent it to the editor. And so you need to understand my disclaimer today is not saying that I'm an expert in, in, in the field of English or, or teaching or anything like that. I know what many people believe about education. And, and I'll be honest, I, I, I fall into this category also And it's a chore sometimes because my kids will look at me and they'll say, you know what what do we need this for in real life? Why are we studying this in real life? Because depending on your occupation, you may never use algebra ever again. You know that, right? Some people will, but many people will never use algebra ever again. Uh, there's just certain subjects that we learn in school that we may never use again. You may never have a need for the knowledge that you acquired in your chemistry class in high school. M- you may never. Never need to know any of that information. But here's the one thing I do know. The proper use of punctuation is something that we all need. I'm not saying I always get it right. But it's something that we all need because we have all fell victim to and even experienced the awkwardness of reading someone's social media run-on sentence. Anybody ever read anybody that? Yeah. Yeah it's it's frustrating when you don't know where to stop and where to start. It just all kind of flows together. You know, those people that share their day with you on Facebook and it's one complete sentence that kind of resembles a paragraph. I feel like now honestly this this is this is this is deep right here. This is deep theology what I'm about to share with you. I, I feel like Twitter is actually a gift from heaven. I do, because it was as if God was saying, I am going to limit the run-on sentence to 140 characters or less. And so it's a gift from heaven in my book, and we should all recognize the power of punctuation. For instance, the same combination of words can have a different meaning based on the punctuation. Take these three words that are going to be on the screen, for example, let's. Eat, Grandpa. Now, with a comma, it reads, Let's eat, Grandpa. I mean, that's sweet, isn't it? I mean, you are inviting Grandpa to partake of some food with you, maybe inviting him to lunch or something. Let's eat, Grandpa. But without a comma, the meaning changes drastically. (laughs) Let's eat, Grandpa. The sentence changes to this sick cannibalistic statement and correct punctuation can actually save a person's life as we can see. (laughs) Punctuation marks are the road signs placed along the highways of our communication. They are there to control speeds. They're there to provide direction. They are there to prevent head on collisions with certain words and sentences. A period has the unblinking finality of a red light. Uh, The comma is a flashing yellow light that asks us only to slow down. And the semicolon is a stop sign that tells us to ease gradually to a short halt before continuing on. They allow us to move about in conversation without anybody being injured. And though we may not remember every rule of punctuation that we have forgotten since high school, it would serve us to recognize the divine punctuation marks that God puts in our lives on a daily basis. Commas, periods, and exclamation points aren't just limited to research papers and social media posts, they appear in our day to day lives. Because every day, God is punctuating our lives. And though you may not remember where to place a comma or a semicolon, we need to recognize that he is stopping, pausing, and accenting the plans and the paths of our lives every day. And so I want to show this to you in Exodus chapter 13, Exodus 13, if you have your Bible, I would ask that you turn there. If you do not have your Bible today, it will be on the screen for you. I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard Version today, if you are using your smartphone or or some kind of mobile device, the English Standard Version, Exodus chapter 13. We are reading of the Exodus out of Egypt, where Moses went in and God commanded Pharaoh to let his people go, and now they have finally been freed from Egypt, freed from slavery, and in Chapter 13, we'll start reading at verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. A quick glance at the maps in the back of many Bibles shows a very strange route that the children of Israel took from Egypt to the land of Canaan, to the promised land, a land that hundreds of years earlier had been promised to their ancestors. And so if you look at a map it's a little strange at the route that God told them to take. Egypt was somewhere around here. Canaan land was somewhere around here. The way of the Philistines was a direct line right along the south shore of the Mediterranean Sea that would take them right up to the promised land. But that's not the way that God allowed them to go. Instead, they would have to make this big dip into the Sinai Peninsula, and they would have to wander in that wilderness for a while. And we're even talking before they sent the spies into the land to check it out, and 10 came back and said, we can't do it, and 2 said, we can. Even before that whole fiasco, God is still sending them the long way to the promised land. He's not giving them the direct route, uh, the, the way that would seem faster, the way that all of us would prefer to go. God is not sending them that way. Instead, God is sending them through what the the Hebrew word Negev is or or, or, or it it means wilderness. It it means a dry place. God sends them that way. If they would have taken the the Philistine route, the Philistine way there would have been opportunity for them to have fresh water and and, and a coastal breeze that would have helped them but instead God was sending them into a desert land. a, a, A place to where they would solely have to depend upon God to be their provider. If they needed fresh water god was going to have to provide it water from a rock if they needed food god was going to have to rain down manna from heaven provide quail for them they would learn to to trust god more than they ever trusted god before because of the route that he chose for them to to follow it's interesting to me that they had everything they needed to win the war for the promised land except for one thing they had everything that they needed They had all of the weapons and the tools that they needed. The Bible says that they were equipped for battle. When they left Egypt, they were equipped for battle. The one thing that they did not have, though, was what many of us don't have, and that's the right mindset. That's what they didn't have, they had a slave mentality. And with a slave mentality, you are always going to run back to the master. You are always going to go to who provided for you. No matter how bad they mistreat you, you will always want to go back. And how many times do we see the Israelites complain and grumble and and say, we want to go back to Egypt. We need to go back to our slavery. Go back to our taskmasters. God was teaching them that that is not the plans that I have for you. That is not the way. And even though they were equipped to go in and win the war, they did not have the right mindset. And God was going to teach them to trust him and depend on his provision. Because the big battles, the battles where they needed the right mindset, were just on the other side of the Jordan. Just over in the promised land, that's where the big battles would be won and fought. One day, four people were flying in a small four-passenger airplane, and there was a pilot, the minister, and two teenagers. And one was just an average teenager, and the other one had just received an award for being the smartest teenager in the world. And as they were flying along, the pilot turned to the three passengers, and he said, I've got some bad news, and I've got some worse news. The bad news is we're out of gas. The plane is going down and we are going to crash. But the worst news is that I only have three parachutes on board. And that means, of course, that someone would have to go down with the plane. The pilot continued. He said, I have a wife, I have three children at home, and I have many responsibilities. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to take one of the parachutes. And with that, he grabbed one of the chutes and he jumped out of the plane. The smartest teenager in the world was next to speak and he said you see guys I'm the smartest teenager in the world. I've got the plaque to prove it He said I might be the one who who comes up with a cure for cancer or a cure for AIDS or solves the world's economic problems Everybody is counting on me and the smartest teenager in the world then grabbed the second parachute and he jumped out of the plane minister Then looked at the average teenager and said young man you can have the last parachute. I've made my peace with God and I'm willing to go down with the plane, so so take the last chute and now go. The average teenager said, relax, Reverend. The smartest teenager in the world just jumped out of the airplane with my backpack. (laughs) Listen, straight out of high school, straight out of high school, I had all the answers, I did. I was that know-it-all teenager. I had all of the answers. And and to be honest with you, to be truthful with you, as far as education, as far as book knowledge, I probably had all that I needed to tackle life. I I know that. The problem was that I didn't have the maturity and I didn't have the mindset to tackle life. And this has absolutely nothing to do with somebody's age. Because trust me, I know plenty of 45, 50, and even 60-year-olds My Lord, I even met a 70-year-old the other day that has a hard time being mature enough to handle some of the responsibilities of life. I didn't have that wisdom to tackle life. Though I had the book knowledge, I did not have the wisdom. The Israelites were equipped for battle, but they did not have the heart or the wisdom to face the inhabitants of their promised land. Because there were some big giants. There were some big people there. And they were going to cower down in fear. They were equipped but they weren't ready and here's the thing God didn't say no he just said not now you see that's the problem with some of you is you think God has said no period it's over but he's just said not now delay does not mean denial it it, it just means not now not at this moment. I'm not ready for you to enter that promise yet because you're not ready to enter that promise. You may think you're prepared for it. You may have all the weapons that you think that you need, but you are not ready to enter that promised land yet. We all want good things to happen in our lives, but too often we want it now. We we don't want it later. When it doesn't happen that way, we are tempted to use a question mark at that moment and ask, when, God, when, or why, God, why? And, And we're the ones that bring the question marks into the situation and into the conversation. Most of us, we need to grow in the area of trusting God instead of focusing on the when or focusing on the why. You see, we live in a day of instant gratification. We want our food fast and our smartphones faster. That's how we live. That's how we want it. And when life seems delayed, we will be tempted to question God's direction. Let's be honest, right now, I'm going to take a poll in this room. How many of you have ever, even if you didn't vocalize it, you've never verbalized it at all you, you have questioned God's direction for your life at one time or another? Me. I'm that guy. I've been there plenty of times. I'm telling you, I have said, why, God, why? Or, 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 God, what are you up to? I don't understand where you are at right now. It's because we want everything right now. And God may be leading us on a longer route to our destination because he needs to prepare us for that blessing because there's some big battles right before you get to that blessing. Galatians 5 and 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace and patience. Patience. And this is something that we have have laid by the wayside. We have forgotten all about patience. We forgot how to wait on God. And we try kicking through doors and walking through things that we have no business going through because we have not been patient with the Lord. You've heard it said, don't put a period where God put a comma. Just learn to appreciate the comma and allow him to do a work inside of you. But you also must learn to not put a comma where God has placed a period. Because you can do some serious, serious damage to your life when you walk past the periods that God has put in there. So often I see people that they force their way past a divinely appointed period in their life God has stopped the progression of what would be a mistake and we ignore the roadblock and we drive towards the cliff of destruction. It is absolutely going to change the course and alter our life. We've got to learn to recognize the God-ordained periods, the stops, the don't go any farther, the danger signs. Let me tell you some things that God may put a period on in your life. God punctuates purchases he does I can't tell you how many people come to my office for counseling and the problem with their marriage is they've purchased too much they are living way beyond their means and it's either one or both of them number one cause of divorce finances has been for decades The number one cause of divorce is finances. Couples are always amazed when I look at them and tell them, Mandy and I have never had an argument about finances. That's never been one. We've never argued about finances. I could sit here and tell you what what I believe. I believe it's because we were both tithers before we were ever married. Tithing has never been an option in my home, and I don't have time. This is not a message on giving, but I want you to know God will reward you when you trust him with certain things in your life. And when God puts a period there with your purchases, when God says no, you've got to learn to obey that. You've got to learn to say, no, God, I'm not going down that path. Recently, Mandy and I were given the opportunity to build a new house. Now, you have to understand the house that we are in now is only five years old. but it seemed like a good deal because we wouldn't have to put our current house up for sale. The builder approached us and said, I will buy your house back for you and was giving us a fair price and I want to build you a new house. And I'm telling you, it was very tempting, very tempting. Mandy and I, we were praying hard, praying, praying hard about it. We laid our fleeces out before the Lord and God answered all of those fleeces and the answer was, no period it wasn't a comma it wasn't a semicolon where you pause and proceed with caution no God said no period this is not the plans that I have for you this is not the route that I want you to go And I praise God that we had the wisdom to obey him. But too many people, they ignore God's punctuation and they try and create these run-on sentences out of their lives and they're getting deeper and deeper in debt. God will punctuate your purchases if you'll allow him to. He punctuates plans. You know, we have this misconception that our success is ordered by us. We do. And don't get me wrong, I know if a man doesn't work he doesn't eat i know that we have to put our hand to the plow i I know that there's an effort on our part but do not be deceived because god is ordaining your steps god is the one that is bringing success to your household proverbs 16 and 9 says the heart of man plans his way but the lord establishes his steps psalm 37 and 23 says the steps of a man are established by the lord when he delights in his way Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, you don't have to barrel over God's pauses and periods. If he is able to create the whole universe, if he is able to control the winds, if he is able to program the ocean tides, then then don't you believe that he he can orchestrate your life? Don't you believe that he can put the pauses and the stops exactly where they need to be? But yet we still try and take it into our own hands. But he also punctuates our relationships. The reason why we have too many students that are making poor dating choices is because we have too many adults that are making poor dating choices. We've quit teaching what unequally yoked is. We've quit telling people what fellowship do light, does light have with darkness? God has never called you into a dating relationship for the purpose of evangelism. That's not it at all. And way too many adults are making these same mistakes. And we need to realize that there are moments when God will put a period on a relationship and say, I don't want you to pursue this. I don't want you to go any farther. And for all the singles and all the unmarried people in the room, stop pushing past the relationship periods that God is trying to place in your life because he's trying to keep you from danger. How will you ever meet the person that he has prepared for you and you for them if you ignore the stops, if you ignore the periods? How are you ever going to meet that person? And finally, he allows you to punctuate the praise. This is the only place that he gives you the reins and says, this is your part. Here's what you get to do. After we have learned to pause with life's commas and obey life's periods, We will provide heaven's exclamation marks as we exclaim our praise to him. And the Bible is full of exclamation marks. Psalm 103 and 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Exclamation mark. 1 John Chapter three and verse one says, "See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are." Psalm 150 and verse six says, "Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, And then it repeats it, "Praise the Lord!" Exclamation point." Psalm 47 and one says, "Clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God." With loud songs of joy. And the problem is this there's way too many believers that you've stopped clapping and you've stopped shouting. You've allowed the enemy to come in and put a period on your praise. You've allowed the enemy to silence you. When we're commanded, let everything that has breath praise you, the Lord. You use exclamation marks when you know about God's goodness. When you've been through something and He brought you out on the other side, that's when you shout it. When you know that He paused your life. And he prepared you for the battle that you didn't even know that you were going to face. That's when you use an exclamation mark. When you know that he punctuated your life with a period. And it saved you from a future headache and heartache. That's when you use an exclamation mark to praise him. It means that you're excited about what God has done in your life. When it comes to praise. There's way too many believers that are satisfied with periods and commas. I believe God's saying today, you let me worry about the periods and the commas of your life. I've got that under control. You concentrate on the exclamation marks. Because that's all I've called you to do. Is to glorify me and to praise me. Stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about every stop and every start and every pause. and Start worrying about how can I praise Him? How can I put an exclamation mark on this part of my life? Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person for service times and directions log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.